0: Well, I bring you uh, greetings from the church in Africa, and uh, this was a gift uh, that uh, I was given before I left. I certainly appreciate it, so I thought I would show it off to you. Uh, and, uh, and also, the um, director of Tree of Life in, uh, uh, in Africa, basically, but in um, uh, Senegal, where we were, he gave me this to give to you as a gift from them. And uh, yeah, uh, we we tried to limit stuff we bought so we'd have room in our suitcases. And we were uh, basically about asleep uh, the night before we thought we were going to get to come home. But that flight got canceled that night. Um, but uh, when knock on the door and just said, y'all, y- y'all awake? We say, yeah, what, what is it? And he said, Ufi wanted to give you this and hand us a whole bunch of things wrapped up. And he gave me a giraffe. But there's a kind of, for me, a Kind of a little God story in there. And that is, uh, I was speaking with Justin, and you just saw this, that little film clip. And I don't know if you noticed the young man with his family. He's holding uh, a little boy, five months old, had a little two year old girl. Uh, You saw him a couple of times in those pictures. You may or may not have noticed him. He's about to get his PhD in French literature uh, there in Africa. Uh, He is Justin's right hand man, he is his uh, full time assistant. And uh, Justin pays him uh, his, what he gets. And uh, Fiacre uh, is just brilliant guy. And uh, so I was speaking with Justin, and he was telling me how smart this guy is. But he communicates so well because he said he could take off in, in the French language, which everybody there speaks, and lose them. He is that educated in, in French. And I just commented, well, but we're feeding sheep. And he was saying how good Fiacra was at doing that. And it was from something I heard another preacher say when I was a, really a teenager, a kid. He said, we're feeding sheep, not giraffes. And so I think it was fitting that uh, Ufi gave us this to remind us, we're not feeding giraffes. Uh, we're feeding sheep. I'm going to put, uh, he'll, we gotta, I, I don't know what we're going to name him, but um, I'm going to put... It might be a girl for all I know, but we're going to put him or her back there for today so I don't kick it or knock it over. Um, But it is really good to be back, and uh, it it is exciting. Last Sunday, I got to speak in in a native church there. You can be opening your Bibles to Matthew 5 and Galatians 5. Uh, We're going to be looking at those two chapters for the next nine weeks, and not even the whole chapter, but portions of that. Um, but I got to speak in a, in a, a different culture, in a different setting last week, which is kind of a challenge. Especially you got to slow way down. You want to slow me down, everybody learn new language, and then get an interpreter up here. Okay, that, that'll slow you down because you got to say something, wait, make sure uh, they, they're able to communicate before you can go on. But, but it was a blessing to do so, and I was blessed. And the baptism scene you saw, there were two men being baptized uh, last week uh, uh, in, that, in that river. One young man uh, uh, was, the Roman Catholics wanted him and the animist wanted him. And an animist, someone, uh, it'd be like witches here, they worship nature, nature's their God. They set up fetishes in Sierra Leone, they still sacrifice children to those things. It'll be a stick, a stone, something a man made. And, and they were trying to get him and he fled to Christ. And uh, uh, one of the young men that got baptized, his mom was in that church. And, uh, you know, I, I expect noise. I, but this one lady, she was just super excited. You could tell because she's yelling hallelujah when nothing else was going on. And then she would make a la-la-la-la a kind of sound. And I finally said, Justin, who, who's that lady? Because, you know, everybody... My last church, we had a crazy person. They, they, they were so crazy, they tried to blow up the bus, burnt their lips on the exhaust. But beside that... Um, so this lady, I said, well, who is that? And he said, that's the mom of one of those guys. Said, I think she's just a little excited. And I thought about how we do baptism. <laughs> because, let me tell you, we met, I, I've got to get to this sermon, so I'm going to stop. But we met, we, we woke up Sunday morning, and it wasn't raining. It was, we were about to see where uh, Noah was. I mean, it was that bad. It was just pouring, and service not supposed to be at 9 o'clock so we said well what's going to happen Justin because they're not going to get the word out they don't have as quick communication necessarily as we do um, and he said well uh, he called Ufi, and so we're going to just kind of wait it out and see he said but the good news is we don't have to cancel because of rain because now we've got a roof over the church and uh, so about 11 it cleared up enough we showed up we were going to baptize, so we, we did some singing worship, some speaking, and a little bit. Then we all drove down to the river. That is a tidal river, 40 miles inland from the Atlantic Ocean. We were 40 miles inland, and there's jellyfish and sharks in that river. And uh, yeah, well, they weren't there where we were, but they're in there. I saw the jellyfish. But anyway, and, and we baptized those two and went back. Then I preached. Then we did some more. Then we went home. It was about 3 o'clock, and we had, we had dinner. So, uh, uh, so th- it, was, it was a joy, though. Uh, it it reminds, reminded me that uh, most of what we do is, I, w- I want to say unnecessary. That sounds cruel, but it, it, we, we, get, we get all worked up about stuff. It really doesn't matter in eternity. And uh, to see them serving. And so I, I was just able to experience um, a, a great time there uh, with Justin keep praying for them um, they're doing a super work the people there love them so much and doing a great work there I'm, I'm going to start a series and I'm calling it what does God expect and you already saw the title of this sermon destitute followers and uh, and and it's going to be based in Matthew 5 the Beatitudes and in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. So there'll be some explanation about what those two things are. And we're going to do one at a time. If you want to make your own chart, I'll try to make one by next week. I was working on this even while I was over there using uh, the computer and things. Uh, Well, I had my phone and Justin's computer, but I didn't use this computer. And uh, so I was putting all this kind of together, making notes. Um, and, And so I didn't make the chart I want to make. But we're going to take them number one and number one, number two and number two, all the way down. Because they seem to correlate. Now the Bible doesn't show that, but, but they seem to do that. So I want to read these two passages to us. So if you'll just stand up, we're going to read them every week. Um, by the end of this, you'll probably have memorized them. And so, uh, in, in Matthew 5, I'm going to start in verse 1, but we'll go through verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. And so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then Galatians 5, we're going to pick it up uh, in verse 22. And the word but is there. I wish we could preach on the stuff before that. But it's about not walking in the spirit. This, this, this paragraph in Galatians starts with walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it says the lusts of the flesh are these. And he lists uh, a laundry list of sins. And when he finishes he says but which means not and. You don't have those sins and this. It is a but. You either have that or this. But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Would you pray with me as we begin? Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we have a full scripture. Each each person in here uh, has a Bible, Could has access to one. If they don't have one, we, we can go down the, the, the just a little store down the street and, and buy a copy of your word. And Lord, I, I just think of those around the world that don't even know you've communicated to man through your word and and cannot hear what you would say to us Lord we thank you that we hear you speak when we open the scriptures and that we we see the character uh, of God we see the plan of God we see the works that you have done as we as we sang today about our belief as uh, that that Lord uh, we, we have this knowledge and Lord we, we are playing marbles with diamonds so much with your truth So, Lord, may we uh, see the truth of your word today. May we, may, Lord, convict our hearts, bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't have the power to convict. Um, I don't have the power to do anything except try to speak what you say. But, Lord, we ask that you would use the stuttering and stammering that the Holy Spirit might impress upon our heart the truth of your word and that we would obey And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can sit back down if you want to. Um, I'm not sure why my voice is like it is. It just is. If you can't tell the difference, then good. Uh, You don't need to know about that. Now, most of us are familiar with the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit. You've heard it. If you've been in church your whole life, you've heard it your whole life. Uh, I know when I was a kid, you would see a plaque of the Beatitudes all over the place. Uh, you can probably go to Hobby Lobby today and find that, or a plaque of the fruit of the spirit. Um, you know, if you don't have time for a quiet time, stop by Hobby Lobby, read the signs, right? Um, but anyway, uh, but w- we're going to look at these two lists side by side. Now, the, I want you to understand something because I, I really, I knew the Lord was leading me to do this. In fact, uh, when when I knew I was going to Africa, I told, I asked. Uh, pastor Stephen, could he could he preach he agreed and he said i got this sermon he told you about that last week i listened to the sermon and and uh and and uh and then i knew a couple weeks far left he said man lord's leaving in this direction he talked to me about it i said that is perfect because when i come back i'm going to talk about the beatitudes and the fruit of the spirit together and so we had a little conversation about that and last week was a great kickoff man i I tell you, the, the, the passion, it reminded me uh, of Second Corinthians 13, 5, that where Paul said, but examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Uh, in other words, we, we, we should never get to a place of being at ease in Zion. Not that we should doubt our salvation. We know we have that. Holy Spirit is the seal of that. We, we understand that. But, but we ought to always be doing checkups on ourselves to make sure we're walking with the Lord. And what we're going to find here is what we're going to look at are characteristics of those who are filled with the Spirit, those who are believers. This is a char- these are characteristics of a citizen of heaven. The, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, um, but the Bible teaches this. I, I won't give you all the passages. But when we turn to Christ, what we're saying is, you're Lord, and, and that means you are absolute boss. I give you all control of my life. That's what it means. Being saved is not just praying a prayer. Being saved is transferring uh, what we believe is our, that we own ourselves. We don't. Either are owned by Satan or owned by God. But we, but we are saying to God, I desire to defect into the, back into the kingdom. Because man was supposed to be in the kingdom, but he blew it, right? Satan also blew it, but he didn't get a chance to get back in. But God gave man a chance to come back into the kingdom. And and in Ephesians chapter 1, Colossians, I'm sorry, chapter 1, it says that God has plucked us out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of light. And the language in those two words is not that we walked over or we decided to go over, but God reached into the darkness and pulled us out of it and then placed us into his kingdom. Well, if he does that, it's a complete transfer of ownership. We are now defecting from our defecting into the kingdom of darkness. We're defecting for that kingdom and coming back into the kingdom of light, but it's not us doing it, it's God doing it. If God does it, he comes and fills us with the Spirit so we know he's done it, so we we can now understand his word, so we can now begin to grow and to learn. And and Pastor Steve was laying that foundation last week that it is a process of sanctification, which is a big word that means getting more and more like Jesus, okay? Sanctified is a word uh, that we also translate as holy, and but what it means is cut out from the herd. In other words, you... you You're with a bunch of whatever you are, okay? I always think of rawhide, so I was about to call y'all all all cows, and I knew that would be bad, so I didn't do it. Um, but, But you remember the old TV show Rawhide? They had to cut the little calf out of the herd and brand it. That's what God does. That's what sanctification is. He puts his mark on us. We belong to him. Nobody else can claim us. We are now his, and we grow to look more and more like Jesus. That is what God is doing in our lives so that we physically become more like him. So I, I hope that these nine weeks will be beneficial so that we'll understand that. But if there's bad news, let me just say this is not easy. Everything I just described is wonderful, but it's not easy. I grew up hearing the Beatitudes, oh you're blessed. Right? And I thought of these as as kind of nice Things, but, they, but the beatitudes are not platitudes they're a description of what a citizen of heaven looks like and then we're going to look at the fruit of the spirit and I, I just want you to understand before I get there that it is not fruits of the spirit I know there's nine words there but it's not nine separate fruits it's one fruit Now, I don't know how many different kinds of vitamins are in an orange. I'll just use that as an example. But every vitamin in that orange is in every part of that orange. Following me so far? You don't have to say, well, you know, which drop out of this orange is the vitamin C? You know, which part is this vitamin or that vitamin? You just, it's all there in every drop. So when the Spirit comes, He doesn't give you some of the fruit of the Spirit. He gives it all to you. And just as the law, you disobey one, you disobey all. So all the fruit of the Spirit ought to be evident in our life. So you won't hear me say fruits of the Spirit, but it does have nine elements to it that we want to look at, okay? Or nine different vitamins, if that, that helps you understand it. Parts of it. And so we're going to look at one each week. Um, now we're not biblically instructed to compare these two things I want to make that real clear I just thought about it started looking at it others have done the same thing as I found out because I just had never thought about it but what I did discover is they seem to correlate as they go down and they build on one another so I want us to look at this very first one today and I call it destitute believers here is what God says there in verse 3 in Matthew 5. And I hope you have your Bible open. You may want to make some notes either in your Bible or on a piece of paper. But it says there in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now it sounds real wonderful because I would assume something about what you are assuming. So man that is doubly dangerous isn't it? It's always a danger to assume and I'm assuming that you're assuming so that is more than, I, think it, I think it compounds, it doesn't just multiply But what I would assume is what you hear is If you're poor here on earth, it's okay Because one day you're going to inherit heaven And that is the exact opposite of what it's saying Now parts of that are real But it's the exact opposite of what it's saying I, I want you to understand the word blessed Before we go any further because you hear this in our culture a lot. Oh, I've been blessed. You, I mean, I, and I appreciate it. I, I do. I appreciate when somebody says that, uh, you know, you see the total strength, say, hey, how you doing today? I'm blessed. Well, you know that they got some understanding of who God is. They understand that somebody outside of themselves have done something good for them, right? And so I appreciate that. But this word blessed, um, it comes from a root word that means happy. But he's not saying You are happy. Because it's not just the root word. It's got a compounded word. There's more to it. Just like we add letters to English words like, uh, I could want, but I could be wanted. And that changes the meaning. But it's got a basic element there. So the basic element is happy. But the compound of this word, it means it's ongoing. It elongates the word, okay? It's not like... I'm happy I have water, there's the water, and the water's in that one spot, there's my happiness. It is, I got a river flowing here and it never runs out, I got water that never stops, okay? So blessed means, not that you got it one time or God gave you a special favor, but that you live in the thing that, you, that he says after that. You're blessed if you are continuing in being poor in spirit. Now, that will make more sense when I explain what poor in spirit means. But here's a short definition of the word blessed. I got this from the very first Bible professor I had in college. And and he said, it is the highest state of spiritual well-being. Blessed means to be in the highest state of spiritual well-being. I I thought it was a good uh, way to, to understand it. But I want you to understand something else about the word blessed before we go on. And that is it has no reality in the physical world. It is non-corporeal. It's internal and has no relationship to physical reality. The blessing is all inside here. Because we hear people say, man, that's a nice car. and People say, yeah, I've been blessed. No, you had some money and bought it or somebody gave it to you and that's a great thing but it's not this word it might have made you happy we can use a root word but it's not this word because that nice new car or whatever is going to rust and wind up in a junkyard anyway it doesn't have the power to keep you happy this is a word that means when God does this work in you it keeps going forever you following me? you with me amen yeah okay good all right so I want you to understand this word poor well I understand the word poor I I agree so do I I know what it means to be poor it means you don't have a lot okay it means you have less but there are two words for poor in the language in which the Bible is written the Greek language one means poor like we just said you know, it means I don't have as much money as somebody else. Relation to some people, I'm poor. Relation to where I just came from, I am extremely wealthy. All right? So, so you understand that meaning. But, but this is, uh, and, and by the way, that word means one who provides for himself in, in Greek. If you are just poor, it means you have to provide for yourself. But this word is a different word. It wouldn't matter to you how you say it or what it is. But the root means beggar. Now remember in Greek you got a word and it's got a root and then they have an ending that makes changes kind of the the flavor of the meaning. So the when you put the word in this form, it means to cower. To bow down. Like I could come and say, man, I'm really poor. Can you help me out? This is a word that means you're going, "Ah." you're cowering away. You because you're utterly destitute that there is nothing left for you and you have an utter lack of ability to provide for yourself there's nothing you could do it would be as if you were laying there starving with a broken neck and you can't move you're dying of thirst but you can't move you need to get out of harm's way but you can't move Because you're this kind of poor. You have an utter lack of ability to accomplish anything. It means that you have nothing and have no means of gaining anything. It can't be done. Pour in spirit. It's a popular thing going around. It's been going around for a few years now, and you you hear it. It's got two different phrases that I associate with it. The main one I'm talking about, people say, well, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not very religious, but I'm a spiritual person. Well, first of all, if you say that, you don't understand that, I don't think. Because if you're a spiritual person apart from Christ... All the spiritual you are, there's only two authors of the spirit world in our existence, God and Satan. So if you don't know God, all the spiritual stuff happening to you is coming from somewhere else. You've got to understand that. And, and as believers, we even let some of that creep in. The, the phrase I think is associated with that is that, well, I've got to live my truth. You live your truth, I've got to live my truth. Well, I can't be true and you be true and us be talking about opposite things. That is actually a law of physics. Two opposites cannot be both true at the same time. So if you say, well, that's your truth, but my truth. Well, you're anti-abortion, but that's your truth. But I believe a woman has the right to choose. That's my truth. Not possible. There is only one truth. That abortion is the murder of a human being. And so your truth is an error if you think, You can murder one without consequence in the spiritual world. So, understanding that if you are poor in spirit, what you are recognizing is you have absolutely nothing in your spirit that will gain you anything in God's eyes. Paul said, the Apostle Paul, in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. He said, I was once a murderer, I I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, which was an apostle. Paul understood this concept. After preaching for years and years and years, he said, I thank God that he came to save sinners of whom I am chief. He wasn't just feeling guilty about what he did before, he was poor in spirit, He recognized that, let me describe it this way, that there was a point in his life, he's on the way to Damascus, God knocks him down, did God give him salvation there? Yes, he did. Three days later, he understood a little bit better when it was explained to him, and he acknowledged it, scales fell off his eyes. The next morning when he got up, he needed God just as much as he did that day before to save him. And the day after, and the day after, and the day after. He never got to a point, and this is where we mess up. He never got to a point in a spiritual life where he said, man, I'm doing okay now. Man, I used to be a murderer, but I hadn't murdered anybody in years. I'm doing really good. No, he had to get up that morning and say, God, I'm poor in spirit. I got nothing except you give it to me. And that's why we say, I was saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved ultimately But the attitude of a citizen of heaven is I bring nothing here. The hymn writer put it this way. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. Because you got nothing. You're poor in spirit. (laughs) But look at the benefit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Think about what Jesus did to be our example He ruled the universe and humbled himself to be our servant. To show what it looks like. That's why when he washed the disciples' feet, he said, do you understand what I've done? Are you getting this yet? This is how I want you to be. He said it in the Sermon on the Mount. He illustrated it in John 13, the washing of the feet. You see, I told you these are not platitudes, platitudes. These were laser-guided bombs into the culture of Jesus' day. When he said this, it would have ticked off all those Pharisaical Jews. Because here's what they would have heard or wanted to hear. Blessed are you if you're Abraham's offspring because you inherit the kingdom of heaven. But instead, Jesus said, you got nothing to brag about. In fact, later on when they said that, he said... Are you kidding me? God could raise up from these rocks, children of Abraham. That's not even a parlor trick. And until you recognize that you've got nothing to bring to God, you're not poor in spirit. That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm telling you, when I was studying this, I was like, oh man, oh Lord. When, when we get prideful, when we think we're doing well, when we think we're getting there, we, we've forgotten it. We've forgotten who we are. Heaven is not for prideful, self-righteous people, but for people who are poor in spirit. Those who realize the utter helplessness of their condition. You see, the poor in spirit doesn't see himself as important. The poor in spirit do not seek or want any kind of recognition or acclaim. They only desire to do God's will, and they are satisfied with the cross They're called to bear. They don't seek to influence people, but seek to see all men come under the influence of God. Well, that's what it means to be poor in spirit. I don't know about you, but man, rocked my world. Galatians 5, the fruit. and We're going to look at, he listed nine. I I don't believe God does things haphazardly. I think they're in a certain order for a certain reason. But the first one is love. Now, first, let me help you with the word fruit. One more, one more little thing about fruit. When I say fruit, again, I'm going to assume that you're assuming. At least whenever I hear the word fruit, the first thing pops in my mind is fruit. <laughs> right? A peach or something. Something hanging off a tree. An apple, whatever. By the way, I got to see a cashew tree with a cashew on it. It's amazing. I love cashews. That's for another time. Fruit is any gain on investment. All right? Understand that concept. You plant a seed in the ground, a bush, a vine, a tree grows, and fruit comes out on that tree, vine, or bush. Right? And some of those we call fruit. Some we call berries. Some we call other things, nuts. But it's all A and and gain on the investment of that first seed dying you with me help me out okay good you're with me because you got to understand that so fruit is not one particular thing it is anything that is a gain on the investment and God why I call this whole series what does God expect he expects me to be poor in spirit he expects me to have gain on his investment in my life all fruit is a return on God's investment in you. If his spirit has filled you and you understand you're poor in spirit, now fruit is going to grow out of that understanding because of love. And, and it's kind of self-evident, but let me just make sure we, we understand it. Um, I've, I've already said about that. Love, this word is Agape. Which is a noun, okay? You got to know about nouns and verbs. If you've forgotten, a noun is a person, place, or thing. A verb is an action. So the word in Greek for the noun love is agape. Let me give you a human definition of agape. And that is, it is self-denial in order that I may give myself away to the one loved for their sake, seeking nothing in return. All right? That's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave He denied Himself to give His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should have everlasting life and not perish. What did God get back for that? Nothing. We got a benefit from it. He made saints, but He didn't gain much back. But the verb form is agapao is to act out. This is the noun, but we ought to act. You see, God is given to the love that God gives and his kind of love, which has no condition. He gives that love without condition. It's not that I deserve it or I'm good or he looked down and say, well, Stuart's a good guy. Maybe I can use him. No, I'm poor in spirit. He just loved me because he wanted to. It's like picking up a stray off the street. Stray animal, I'll say. You just why'd you do that? I don't know, I just felt sorry for it. I just wanted to get it. It looked like it was hungry, it was cold, it was raining, it's dirty. And you gave stuff to that animal. I mean, you say it gave back love, but I hate to tell all you people that own animals and I'm one, they don't have the capacity for love. Just telling you, okay? They have loyalty. Maybe they, maybe they got appreciation. I don't know. They seem to, but they're not actually loving you. They just know that, you know, you're their middle ticket. <laughs> A lot like children. Anyway, just kidding, just kidding. Think about this. If you're poor in spirit and you're absolutely destitute. you can't do anything. What hope do you have? You have hope that, Somebody riding down the road that could do something about it will stop and help you. Well, he did. His name is God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he loved you. And he healed you. And he made you whole. He made you perfect. He adopted you and calls you sons and daughters of the Most High. And gave you eternal life. And if tomorrow morning you wake up. And think you are better now because of that. You're not poor in spirit. (laughs) You got to say I'm only waking up in the grace and the love and the comfort of God. Because I'm poor in spirit. Because I got nothing to give him. All this is a gift from God. And so if we understand that. if, If we understand that. Our spiritual self is depraved and bankrupt and without power. And God loved us. The Bible says when we were still sinners, God loved us and Jesus died for us. We can be assured now of his presence, of his power, of his purpose in our life. And any righteousness in our lives is the righteousness of God dwelling in us. I think it was A.W. Tozer who said with God's omniscience to know our best with his, with his omnipotence to be able to give us our best and with his love to desire our best what do we lack? And Hudson Taylor, a missionary said God reserves the best to, the, to those who leave the choices up to him. And if you realize you're poor in spirit, you're not going to be making any choices. You're going to say, Lord, thank you. Here I am. What are we doing today? (laughs) I'm ready to go. This makes being poor in spirit possible to know the love of God that is uncomparable, unwritable, unexplainable, that he would love a sinner like me or like you. It enables us to trust God. It enables us to give ourselves away. Why? Because what did I have? Anything that is in me, that is good. Paul said, I said, he said, in me, that is my flesh dwells no good thing. If something good's in there, oh, God put that in there. Did he give it to you to keep? No, he gave it to you to share. And you go, oh, look what God gave me. You need some of this. Here, let me give it to you. And we start to share what God has done in our life with other people. You see, love creates missionaries wherever we live. Wherever we work, sleep, or play. You see, God's vision never changes. The vision for the church never changes. It's always the same. It's leading people to a saving knowledge in Jesus and then teaching them what it means to be a Christian, to, to, to walk in that. And that happens here in Stanton, Virginia, as it does in Senegal, Africa. I wish I could tell you the whole story of what's happening in Africa I, I had in my mind somewhere kind of messed up that some guy showed up and explained this and then it took off. Here's the reality. The church that Ufi was saved in and was pastoring in is from a denomination created by a man named C.T. Studd. The most famous quote of C.T. Studd is, I would rather run a rescue ship within a yard of hell than to live within the sound of chapel bells. So the, this was a WEC church is what they're called. And Goofy went to a missionary there and said, we are doing very well at, at leading people into knowledge of Christ to be saved, and, but we, we, we can, we, we're having trouble discipling them. What can you do to help us? He said, I know a guy in India, and he's got this thing, and it's doing really well over there. And he said, I'll talk to him. And so Joe Fleming moved from India to Africa at the request of the pastor of that church who wanted to be able to explain Jesus better to new converts and started tree of life and it's exploded they wanted a transferable discipleship because they knew the love of God but they were having trouble communicating it in a in a very meaningful way to people you see it wasn't missionaries that saved the day it was a church praying god help us Show us a way that we can be better at showing you to other people. Thank God for Pastor Ufi. Well, uh, not as late as I thought, but it is time to draw this to a close. I've got some suggestions for you this week. Search your heart with this word of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit and let him show you where you've grown self-sufficient. Where, where you think you can handle it. I, I can't convict you. Maybe you don't need convicting. Maybe you're not in that place at all. And thank God if you're not. Me, I got some things to work on. Then, repent and adopt the understanding that you are poor in spirit. If you're a citizen of heaven, you've got to acknowledge you're poor in spirit. So, Acknowledge it. And acknowledge it every day. Wake up. God, thank you. New day. I'm going to need you all day starting before I woke up. And he's there. He's, he's already there. And thirdly, know this love that God has given, him, given to you and give him some return on his investment. Don't be like those foolish people that receive talents from a master and buried it in a field, be like the ones who gave it away and created gain on the investment. God says well done to those people. The people that take what God gives them and hides it, puts it away, doesn't want to use it, they're thrown into outer darkness according to the scripture. So ask God, how can I give you gain on this investment in my life? I would just encourage you to pray those things this week and see what God shows you as you look into his word.